The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Beyond the Crucible. I'm Gary Schneeberger, the co-host for this podcast and the communications director for Crucible Leadership. And we have a very special episode today. It's going to be very informative and, and, and we hope very insightful and very empowering for you. The subject that we're going to tackle today is leading a life of significance and what that looks like. And our guide in charting that course for a life of significance is the host of Beyond the Crucible and the founder of Crucible Leadership, Warwick Fairfax. Warwick, I think we're going to open some eyes today with uh, our discussion. Uh, thanks, Gary. Uh, significance is a very interesting discussion. So yes, looking forward to it. So for people who have engaged with Crucible Leadership in the past, they have seen in your blogs, in emails, in the communications that come from you, almost all of them end with a line that says something like, to live a life of significance. The tagline for this very podcast is live and lead with significance. That is a critical part of this philosophy, this life practice that you've developed. So tell our listeners, why is significance the true north of crucible leadership? You know, it's interesting. A lot of people, they just go through life on autopilot. Uh, they go to college or get a job, work their way up the corporate ladder, uh, try to have a sustainable level for their families. All of that is, is good. But from my perspective, there's more to life than just working your way up the ladder. Uh, what is life about? What is the purpose of life? And to me, significance is really what we should be aiming for. It's and I wrestle with significance versus success, which I know we'll, uh, we'll get to, but significance right. is, um, is feeling like your life will count, feeling like you have a legacy. Again, as I know we often discuss, uh, you know, what's on your tombstone? Is it going to be I made millions of dollars or I was CEO of this or you know, branch manager of that or whatever it is? No, it'll be, you know, it'll be something that you think that your family, your kids will be proud of. Uh, it's something to me that in some sense, although it sounds a bit altruistic, will make the world a better place, will help others. Significance is something that you can be proud of in a faith-based context. This notion that when we meet our maker, we'll want uh, him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Other faith traditions may look at it a bit differently, but there's this sense that you want to feel like your life counted, it mattered, your family's proud of you, and if there is some supreme being in some form, that he's proud of you. So it's, that's, to me, what significance is. You know, it's interesting that you would say that it was a, 
a concept that maybe not everybody embraces. Somebody who does embrace this concept and talks about it, to hear you say what you just said, Tim Tebow, the former college football star who uh, is now actually a minor league baseball player for the New York Mets, he said this, uh, which is an interesting quote, and it sounds like you both are singing from the same page of the songbook. When we talk about living a life of significance and meaning, Tim Tebow said, it's not about fame or money or resources. It's about people and lives and hearts. That's my biggest passion in life. That's a pretty good uh, recipe for a life of significance. It really is. I mean, what he just said, people, lives, heart, it's changing people's lives. It's feeling like those that love you when we're gone, that they'll be proud of us, that they made a difference. You know, I think of the founder of the uh, media company I grew, grew up in, uh, Fairfax Media, you know, John Fairfax. And when I look at his legacy, did he lead a life of significance? Well, you could say, well, he was certainly successful, came out in the late 1830s from England with pretty much nothing. He founded what was to become a huge media organization with, you know, 150 years later had newspapers, magazines, newsprint mills, TV stations, a huge company. But yet, when I think of why I admire him so much and as I read works that have been written about him, I think of the life that he lived, which he was a wonderful uh, husband, a wonderful dad, great employer. I mean, when he died, just what the employees said about him and even other papers was just amazing that he was a good employer, faithful, cared about him, an elder at his church. So he truly led a life of significance. So I admire him, not so much because he founded this great media empire, but who he was and how he led his life and how he lived so well in each area. To me, I can't think of a better model of a life of significance. That is very insightful about what you value in people is what drives your life of significance. It's, it's, it's how you serve others. And the interesting part of this, and I think it's one of the most not misunderstood parts of crucible leadership, but maybe under understood. And that is that, that tension that some see between success and significance. From your perspective, those two things aren't mutually exclusive. You can have both, uh, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm not at all against uh, success or, or money. I mean, some people in some, I guess, traditions believe that, uh, you know, we should suffer and live in poverty irrespective of wealth and you know, sometimes it uh, gets even, you know, hurt, you know, worse than that in terms of their attitude to money and possessions. I don't think that it's not really something my faith tradition talks more about a love of money. In other words, if your whole sense of self-worth is based in money, maybe that's not in balance. But yeah, I mean, I've been blessed. I grew up in a very wealthy upbringing, not quite at that same level. We're still extremely comfortable you know, just by way of illustration, last Christmas, my daughter at the time was living and working in Australia, and we'd be back there fairly often between funerals and weddings. And we said, well, you know, how about we meet in the middle? So we went to Hawaii. And it was an amazing Christmas. Well, you know, so I'm not about, I'm not against, you know, if you're able to, enjoying things in life. I'm not against that at all. But it's more... Success is fine, but success in of itself, it doesn't satisfy. It's like, how much is enough? Is it a million, a billion, two billion? You know, there's always right. another level. I think we mentioned in an earlier podcast, there's always 
in, in sports, somebody better, quicker, fast. I mean, if you have your self-worth bound up in success, and that really is what it's about. It's, it's being successful is fine. You just don't want your job or your career or your money to own you. Because, you know, you want to right. possess it, not it possess you. And that's really the benchmark right. of uh, do you have significance in success? If your success is just a byproduct of what you do and you're living a life significance, they can live in harmony, but it is a tension. It's interesting because crucible leadership, this discussion of, of significance comes in the context of that crucible experience. Because when you talk about it to people, you're talking about you've had a crucible experience. It's been devastating. It changed the trajectory of your life. And for a lot of people who go through one of those experiences, it's failure, it's a lack of success. So it's easy to come out of those things and say, success is my goal. You're saying, no, set your course for something grander than that. Exactly. I mean, there's a bigger vision than just success. It's, um, you know, vision and significance are closely related. What vision do you have to make the world a better place? It could come out of your crucible experience, a traumatic setback or failure in which you don't want anybody else to go through what you've gone through. Maybe you think it would be amazing if, you know, um, if something was invented, like Walt Disney had a, a vision of having uh, animated cartoons tell a more thoughtful and deeper story than just, you know, two or three minute cartoon, hence, you know, Snow White, which at the opening night uh, in Los Angeles, people were actually crying, you know, famous Hollywood stars, mm. Clark Gable and others. So he had a vision. So it's really vision and significance are ties. You want to feel like what you're doing is something that you believe will make the world a better place. Now, in Walt Disney's case, he was very successful. But I would argue he had a life of significance between the movies he made, between his vision of of Disneyland and Disney World at a time when theme parks were often unsafe places for families with, you know, gambling and alcohol, not that that's bad per se, but they weren't family friendly. And so we had this whole vision. So I would say that he's a very good example of a life of significance and success. I don't think for him it was all about money. That wasn't what motivated him. It was a bigger vision than that. You've spoken extensively about living a life of significance. And one of the things that you talk about, and this will be helpful to folks who are listening right now, because they've, you know, maybe they've just come out of a crucible and, and they've examined kind of what they, how they're wired and what lessons about their skills and, and areas that they have to, you know, get better. They've examined those things. They have some ideas about how they're wired and, and how to take the next step. But how can they? What's critical? If you're going to chart a course to a life of significance, what informs that? It comes down to your fundamental beliefs and values. Now, some people might be people of faith. I mean, we go to an evangelical church. Some people will be of different faiths, maybe different philosophies. And everybody has, I would say, the God-given right to choose their own path. But I would say... It's very difficult to be human, if not impossible, without having some underlying values and beliefs. Yeah, to me, that's, it's inhuman not to have something at your core. And so to me, a life of significance must be in harmony with what you believe, with what your beliefs are. And only you can determine that. Nobody else can tell you what that is. 
So you have to really be able to answer the question, to what degree is the direction of my life in harmony with my fundamental beliefs and values? If it's not, then to me, that's an issue. I mean, why would you want to be in a sense of dissonance, a sense of disharmony with what you believe? That's, it's very difficult to be fulfilled if you're going against those. And the issue for most people, they don't consciously go against their underlying beliefs and values, but we're so busy in our day and age, we don't even think about it. And so it's less deliberate avoidance than the tyranny of the urgent. So I'd say the first step is to leading a life of significance is understand what your fundamental beliefs and values are. And that is a critical point for listeners to understand, because you said it just now. A life of significance is individual. Your life of significance is rooted in who you are. It's not what society deems necessary to do. It's what you, what your vision and, you know, what your values and beliefs inform you to want to accomplish. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And so that's really the, the key first step is uh, just, well, it's, it's a couple things in leading a life significance. You've got to understand your fundamental beliefs and values. And as we often talk about in crucible leadership, you want to understand how you're wired, how you're designed. We're all wired a different way. And again, we've talked extensively on this, but basically, um, to lead a life of significance, you want to feel like you're using the skills and abilities that I would say you've been divinely given for a purpose that you feel off the charts, passionate about, that's in line with your fundamental beliefs and values, and you feel is accomplishing something significant. Those things will all line up by definition. If it's something tied to your values and beliefs, well, then you will feel it's important and it's hard for that not to be significant if the vision is coming directly out of those values and beliefs and in some fashion helps other people. It, it will line up if you follow that path. I mean, I'd be hard pressed to see how you could avoid leading a life of significance. If it's tied to your fundamental beliefs and values, it's also tied to how you're wired. And another critical component is you need to have what I call fellow travelers, people who are equally passionate about the vision. And at least in some sense, at least in a broad sense, share your beliefs and values. Maybe not precisely, but at least in some global sense. All those things add up to me to being able to lead a path, a life of significance. And it's true that significance can be big and it can be local, it can be small. You mentioned Walt Disney. Walt Disney had big significance. He had, right? I mean, he had that, he created an entirely new way to be entertained and to, and to have values presented in entertainment, but it can be as simple as something in your own neighborhood, right? It does not have to be on a grand scale to be significant. And that's absolutely right. In a crucible leadership, when we talk about leadership, we mean at all levels. It could be being a CEO of a large Fortune 500 company, heading up a large nonprofit, or it could be a community, a neighborhood activity. Maybe you live in the inner city and you want to reclaim your park so that local kids can play in safety and you're going to set up a whole neighborhood watch and get maybe some local businesses to contribute to the cleanup, get the local uh, council members on board. And to me, that's, that's equally as big a vision. It's not the size of the vision in terms of numbers. It's how much it matters to you. I mean, to me, a good vision is you know, if one life is changed, that's a big vision. So it's not about, the size, as maybe some people would say, it's more 
how important is it to you? That's really, uh, to me, the size of the vision and how, how do you articulate how that will help others? Right now, Warwick, there are people who just heard what you said, who have been through a crucible. They're listening in, looking for insights on how to move on. One tip, if you could give one tip to the listener, knowing that their experiences are going to be different, that their visions could be different, some big, some smaller, what's the one sort of universal tip that you could give people today, be the day that they take a step toward crafting a vision for significance and then walking a path towards significance? I would say, um, how do you live a life that's in keeping with what you fundamentally believe? It's not easy to put it in a sentence, but if I had to put it in a sentence, <laughs> it'd be something close to that. To have them ask that question of themselves, how do I, you know, here's what I believe, here's what I value. Now, how can I use those things to help other people? Exactly. And I think an extra layer could be when you've had a crucible experience, <clears throat> especially if it's one that's been negative, um, you know, maybe you suffered failure, Maybe it was a setback for those that have suffered serious physical injuries, for instance. That's a good example where what you went through was horrific. It may be life altering, but maybe you can help other people that have been through similar injuries. Maybe you can give them hope. Maybe there are things you can do that at least to the degree that you can give them some additional mobility. So crucible experiences can provide the seeds of a life transforming vision that's grounded in what you believe. There are also clues about what vision that will be a life significance, what that could be that could come out of your crucible experience. Crucible leadership grew out of your crucible experience. Crucible leadership is your effort to lead a life of significance after your crucible of losing the family uh, media dynasty, right? That's exactly right. Um, yeah, as again, I've mentioned more in other podcasts, but basically growing up in a large family media business, 150 years old, you know, newspapers, magazines, TV stations, had the equivalent of New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, enormous company, went under, under my watch, uh, you know, after a $2.25 billion takeover. Yeah, it was it was horrific. That was that was billion <laughs> was. with a B. That was billion with a B. I'm afraid so. I'm afraid so. A big <laughs> a big number. A lot of red ink. But um, yeah, uh, and so for me, what you know, my passion growing out of it was to help people realize that you may have failed, and maybe you feel like life's over. You know, I can't guarantee that you'll be able to change what others think of you. Certainly, if you Google me, it's not particularly favorable young, hot, you know, young, impatient kid could have had it all, lost it, and that may never change. But yet it gave me this compassion, empathy, this desire to help others who, when they go through failures or setbacks, life's not over. You know, it can be the beginning of a new course, and it has been over the years for me. It, was, it hasn't been easy. There's years where my self-worth was pretty rock bottom, and I had to claw my way back with a combination of just believing that God loves us, loves me unconditionally, supporting my wife and kids, finding some jobs I could do and not screw up. But yeah, I mean, out of that crucible experience, out of my beliefs that frankly God loves us all, there came a vision of wanting to help people bounce back from failure and setback. It was all directly related to both my beliefs and the crucible experience I went through. And 
just today, on the day that, that we're having this conversation, you got an email from someone who heard a previous podcast and you got evidence right there that you are indeed what you're talking about. You're being transparent. You're being vulnerable. You're being humble and talking about that is making a difference in people. Let's end on this note for listeners who are thinking of taking those tentative first steps into doing what you've done. Embrace the lessons of the crucible and start walking towards significance. Let's give them something to hold on to as they go through the process that's going to be probably difficult, certainly difficult. Let's face it, life is difficult and there are going to be some, some barriers that you're going to walk into as you walk out your path toward a life of significance. But tell the listeners, when you get an email like that, when someone says, thank you so much, your story inspired me, your story told me that I'm not alone, what does that feel like? Cast a vision for folks who are listening about how rewarding that is to be told that your experience is helping them. I mean, it, it makes a huge difference. I think back to um, a couple of months or so ago, I did a uh, uh, podcast of Harvard Business School alumni where I went to school. And uh, shortly after that podcast aired, I got an email from somebody whose business was, uh, I think it was in the financial area, probably somewhat significant, was about to go under and uh, he wasn't sure he was going to face his family and people around him and it's a sense of shame. And, you know, he said to me through that email, your podcast, it really made a difference. It helped me and thank you. And yeah, I think there was the sense from him and others that it made them feel less alone. So when you can use your pain, in my case, to help others, there's a sense of healing. It, people talk about, you know, maybe there's some purpose to the pain. Yeah, it's sort of by channeling what is often you know, negative and crushing in a way that helps others, it does provide some healing. It's sort of like, maybe I'm, this is a bit tortured analogy, but maybe some water drops to somebody, you know, when you feel maybe like you're uh, dying in the desert or something. I mean, it's, maybe it feels like a bucket of water actually, more than a few drops, but it, it makes a significant difference. It really does. On that note, on that inspiration, we're going to, as I like to say, land the plane. Thank you for your insights as always, Warwick. Thank you, listener, for spending time with us today. Uh, if you have any questions about what we've covered here, about crucible experiences and how they can lead to a life of significance, you can learn more about crucible leadership by visiting our website at crucibleleadership.com. Uh, on that website, you'll find an email <clears throat> address that you can send. If you have any questions for Warwick, if you have any questions for us about what your next steps are, you know, more insights that you want to glean, feel free to contact us. We, we truly want this to be an interactive experience as you're listening. Uh, as questions pop up, share those with us. You can also engage with us on social media. Uh, on Facebook, we're at, at Crucible Leadership. On LinkedIn, you'll find all Crucible Leadership information at Warwick Fairfax. Warwick's name is spelled with a silent W in the middle, W-A-R-W-I-C-K. You can find it on LinkedIn at Warwick Fairfax. So until next time when we gather to talk about crucible experiences and how to overcome them and really focusing on the reality, as Warwick said a couple times in our time together today, that it's not the end of your story. Your crucible can be the beginning of a new chapter of your story that leads to what we've been talking about today, and that is a life of true significance 
that helps others. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 